you could pretty well measure the satisfaction with an experience by how many calls come in the call center. Hello and welcome to Hamscast. I'm Susan Morris, Executive Editor of Healthcare Finance News. I'm here today with Seth Cohen, who had Cedar. Hello, Seth. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Nice to be here. Can you first tell us about yourself and, and Cedar? Sure. Um, I'm the president of Cedar, and I'm so I'm been with a company uh, for a little over two years now and joined by way of acquisition. Um, so Cedar and the company that I was the co-founder of, Uda Health, came together in June of 2021. And so really excited to be part of our new platform. I've been in the healthcare technology space for about 15 years now. I helped build a company called Castlight Health that was in the cost transparency space for many years. And before that was a consultant at McKinsey & Company. Well, welcome. And we're talking about a couple of things today. One, I wanted to ask you about a new report that was just released that says nearly half of consumers say that their healing has been directly impacted because of their medical bills, because they've had difficulty. Can you talk about that report, please? Yeah, absolutely. We're really proud of this research. We've done it now a couple years um, in a row um, in, in, in partnership with The Economist. And so this is a pretty big uh, study. So first of all, very proud of the sample size. We interviewed about 1,300 consumers around their experience with healthcare finances. And yes, you're calling out one of the major insights. And um, you know, our understanding of this is that when a patient is healing from a recent care event and they suddenly receive a bill for hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, there's a couple things we know that happen. Number one, consumers do not budget for healthcare expenses, right? So we might budget for utility bills, for cell phone bills, for discretionary travel and spend. We don't budget for healthcare, right? Uh, we don't anticipate that we're going to have a healthcare need. These are often unexpected, unscheduled events. And so even a bill that could be just a couple hundred dollars, and I'm saying just, you know, relatively speaking, that can be a lot for anyone. Um, but those are not budgeted or, or scheduled expenses. And the other issue that ends up happening is patients often do not know what to expect that bill to be. They might have a misconception around what the coverage is, the deductible. And so when you put those things together and the fact that high deductible plans have been the fastest growing health plan in the country and about a third of all Americans have a high deductible, put all that together and you end up in a situation, yeah, where someone's healing from a care event and may be surprised to suddenly owe $3,000 that they didn't expect, that they didn't budget. And that is stress that absolutely impacts healing. Um, that's interesting that they don't budget. I guess we're all optimists that we're not going to get sick and, and, and owe the money. But what can be done, Seth? Because this is an issue. If you're healing and suddenly you get a bill for $3,000, I imagine, um, what, do pe what do you recommend people do about that? How can they pay that bill so and, and have peace of mind? Yeah, great question. So there, first of all, Let's be clear. There are absolutely things to do. And I, I I need to make that point very clear because I think that often the common reaction is, ah, well, just we throw up our hands. Healthcare is just too expensive in this country. It's not affordable. There's nothing to do. There are things to do. And we know that and we have a lot of energy around it. So number one, setting expectations clearly. I think one of the things I'm really proud of is Cedar has moved into the pre-visit space and we're doing a lot of wonderful work around driving 
thoughtful cost estimates. And cost estimates is its own whole beast. We could spend an hour talking about that. And everyone is doing cost estimates some way, shape, or form. But often, they're not contextualized well. They're not informative. They don't explain things well. And so when I say thoughtful cost estimates, it's not just showing a number, but explaining this is how we got to it and this is what your coverage is. And then following through and showing this is how your estimate changed or got adjusted. So trying our best, number one, to set thoughtful cost estimates. The second thing is flexibility. So people look at that $3,000 bill, suddenly assume, oh my gosh, I have to come up with that cash. One of the things we do for every patient with a balance over a minimum amount is we offer payment plans. And I love how we've been able to create really flexible plans so that you can set it up so that it, it, it pays on the same day that you have your payroll, your paycheck. Um, you can pause it for a month. If you're having a tough month and you need to use that money for something else, you can extend it over a year. And so we, um, we think that flexibility is super critical. And then the third thing, is that there are many sources of financial assistance that patients don't know about. There is financial assistance available from providers, from municipalities, from states. A lot of folks no longer have Medicaid coverage because they were disenrolled and they didn't know about that. And there are so many ways to help connect patients in need to those resources because so often they don't even know that they exist. Um, and how are these uh, solutions working out? Have you any any stats on this? Yeah. I mean, well, we have, uh, I mean, we serve 30 million patients annually, many of them on payment plans. I'd have to get back to you and tell you exactly how many are on payment plans, but we have, um, we realized over 90% patient satisfaction across our book of business. So we ask patients after every billing interaction, you know, are you very satisfied with this? And imagine how often do people say they're satisfied with a medical bill, right? percent of our patients are saying that. So that's really the gold standard that we're holding ourselves to is to make sure that patients can report that this has been a helpful experience. And are they saying too, that they have recovered more quickly and, you know, have that peace of mind after being able to go through this? We really focus on the satisfaction and the experience of our billing. What we've learned in consumer research is that if you start to ask questions that go beyond the experience you control, there are so many other factors that come into play. So for us, what we know is billing gets in the way of healing. We are able to provide a satisfying experience. And for us, that is that is enough for us to know that we're contributing our part. And then we look to our partners to do more assessment. Yeah, I imagine it's up to the physicians really to to drill down on that. Yeah, yeah. Um well, thank you for that. Um, I want to ask you about something else too, Seth. That uh, Cedar recently had an, an announcement that it was partnering with Google Cloud for AI. And I'm wondering if you can um, talk to us about that and, and why you decided to go this route. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, there's a lot of hype around AI. And so I have, um, I have some excitement around this, but I also, frankly, try to be measured and specific about how we talk about it, because I frankly think that AI is too frequently overused as a term and often talked about as a solution rather than a tool. So I want to first start by just acknowledging there's tons of a potential, but AI is a tool and it's not a solution uh, for things. So how come we decided to invest in this tool and did so with Google? Um, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, we have identified a few use cases in our scope that could really benefit from tools like AI. And why is that? So much of billing 
or I should say so much of the patient financial experience involves lots of manual servicing around repeatable tasks. So for instance, if you look at the drivers of call volume into provider call centers, so often it is, why do I owe what I owe? I didn't think I owed this. I thought that my insurance covered this. I don't understand this bill, right? And so very frequently, call center operators are having to kind of repeat and replay very common questions to patients. So when you get to a place where you're seeing a lot of manual work against repeatable tasks with very discrete kind of answers and outcomes, that becomes a use case for tools like artificial intelligence. And so we've been very excited to explore that. Now, when we started to think about our own decisions around buy versus build, of course, we have a lot of really talented engineers, but our folks are focused on many things that are critical for our customers. So why should we build something internally when we can partner with some best-in-class companies? And it was very clear very quickly that Google um, you know, has, in our opinion, the strongest set of capabilities for the use cases that we need. And so we're making the most of the LLM capability, like when I say LLM, the large language model capabilities that they've developed. But what Google doesn't have that we have is tremendous data around patient financial interactions, right? Servicing 30 million patients a year is an amazing set of financial data that we can train those LLM applications on so that we could start to automate and more, make more efficient those servicing conversations. So I think just to kind of wrap it up, like Susan just say, uh, this is a use case to say, hey, can hey, can we please, you know, generate an answer at an eighth grade le- reading level as to why Susan's bill includes a line item that's been denied? <laughs> and right? that's what I would need too, because I did get that three thousand dollar bill and threw it in the shoebox with everybody. You know, I, all my bills, like everybody seems to do. Okay, Seth, I understand AI, and thank you for what you said about the hype around it, because it has gotten a lot of hype. And I understand it taking away repetitive tasks, but how does it relate to making the billing experience better? Well, a couple ways. Number one is patient. This is a wonderful place of synergy between what a provider needs and what a patient needs. Patients really desire more self-service options. And in fact, a commonly known situation is that the moment a patient has to call a call center, that patient is already unhappy about something. It's a really interesting thing. In fact, you can almost, you could pretty well measure the satisfaction with an experience by how many calls come in the call center. Fewer calls, higher satisfaction, right? And you think about it, it makes sense intuitively. Like think about any moment when we are having to call our hospital billing department. We're not happy in that moment. We're confused or frustrated or upset about something, right? And annoyed with taking our time to sit on hold when talking to an operator who doesn't understand our situation or whatever it may be. So the reason why this matters is because if we are able to send more automated self-service explanations that avoid the need for a call, that is huge cost savings to our provider clients and satisfies the consumer. And they're happy with that automated call? Well, we, I want to be really clear, we are preparing to deploy these AI tools right in the market. So, but I, I would say that our experience today, whenever we're able to offer self-service, like for instance, setting up payment plans or connecting folks to financial assistance in lieu of needing to call in, patients are always delighted about that. Oh my gosh, this is so easy. I could do this on my app sitting on the couch. I got this done in between meetings. That has always been a value to consumers. 
So it doesn't matter if they're talking to a live person or they get the answers another way. As long as they get the answers they want, consumers are happy is what I hear you saying. I think as long as they get the answers they want in the way in which they want it, right? So there are sure there are going to be some patients absolutely who need to talk to a person. Absolutely, right? Um, They may have just gotten a scary diagnosis. They may just have a lot of confusion. They may feel better about that. There are lots of other people who don't want to talk to a person, right? Um, and so, you know, try calling my brother and leaving a voicemail. It might have well as just disappeared into the ether. Right? <laughs> he won't ever listen to it, nor will he ever call back. But he'll text me all the time. So I guess it's 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 recognizing that everyone is different, and you have to meet where they are. And where does this collaboration stand right now? Well, it's 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 real. It's 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 uh, it's contracted. The teams are working together. We have actually just got an update from our teams on kind of where we stand with our roadmap. Um, We are hoping to be live by early next year with these capabilities. We've identified our first client who's going to benefit from these partner from these capabilities. So um, it's actively being developed and deployed. Okay, Seth, thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you for Hamscast. Well, thank you, Susan.